Hey there, welcome to Disco in the Library, where I and some featured guests will be covering many different topics to assist and help you grow at Southern Ohio Medical Center. We hope that you learn something along the way. I am your host, Megan Gladel. Let's dive into this episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Disco in the Library. Um, we are still in March and so we're still thinking about National Nutrition Month. And so we have a returning guest with us this week, Karen Bow. Welcome back, Karen. Hi, Megan. I'm a dietitian here at Southern Ohio Medical Center. I've been here about 30 years. So people have probably seen me around or not if they're newer. Um, kind of locked down with COVID, but we're, we're here. <laughs> So today we're going to talk a little bit about healthy eating patterns. Last time I talked about putting good things into your body and not just leaving bad things out. So um, a lot of times people are like, what what does that mean exactly? So we're going to um, talk a little bit or I'm prepared to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm excited um, to explore some of the options that you sent me. So let's let's start with the um, meal method, meal planning. Okay. Well, this one is um, based on um, the government recommendations that we, um, the dietary guidelines. So most people have sort of seen what's called, we call it the plate method. And there's actually two. I tend to go with the diabetic plate method. And that in that one, you take a nine inch plate and you divide it in half, and you fill half of it with vegetables. So with your vegetables, you're getting things that don't have as many calories, have a lot of fiber, have a lot of um, nutrients to them. So that fills half of your plate. The other half, um, you divide that in half, and in one portion, you would put your meat. So it would be um, a meat portion about the size and thickness of your palm. And then in that last section, you would put a starchy food. So it might be um, a starchy vegetable. It might be a piece of bread, a roll. Um, That's that's sort of where you start. And then to the side, usually maybe a piece of fruit, maybe some milk. And um, again, just watching your portion sizes. And and doing that kind of helps you plan your meals to be consistent in the amount of carbohydrate which is why, why it's pretty popular with the diabetics. Now, the one that's more standard for most people, they just have, they just lump the fruits and the vegetables into the, to the one side and then the meat and the starch into the other side. They don't really give portion sizes or anything like that. They just want you to have a variety of foods. That one sounds pretty simple. Yeah. Yes. So the next one Um, is the Mediterranean diet, which I'm sure people are fairly familiar with. Right. Well, and they're getting more familiar with it. So, um, you know, typically what we're comparing that to is the Western diet. And most people I know, well, maybe not most, we're we're getting a little bit more savvy about this. But many people that I know when they're trying to figure out what to eat, what to plan for their meals, they're looking for something that's convenient, inexpensive, satisfies the craving at the time. Um, it's easy, av- easily available when you want it. 
um, easily chewed, easily digested. And again, not everyone and not every day um, does that, but that, that kind of diet tends to be high in saturated fats, um, tends to be high in refined grains, high in sugar, um, high fructose corn syrup, tends to be high in salt. And those are all things that aren't so great for our long-term health. Uh, it also, unfortunately, is low in fruits and vegetables and fiber. So again, like I said, this, this eating this way for long-term can contribute to obesity, metabolic syndrome, cardiovascular disease, and also certain types of cancer. So we're trying to, again, look at things that that would be a healthier way to eat. And that's where they look at this Mediterranean diet. So the Mediterranean diet came to be looked at starting in the 1950s when researchers noticed that um, heart disease wasn't as common in people living in the Mediterranean countries. So they looked at the diet at the time and I suspect that their diet has become more westernized unfortunately, but um, at the diet at the time, um, emphasizes it or emphasized plant-based foods like whole grains, fruits, vegetables, beans, herbs, spices, and nuts. Um, this one also emphasizes healthy fats. There for a while in the 90s, we went to low fat here um, in the United States, thinking that all fat was bad. But we found that that's not the case, and it's not necessarily not necessary to to, to go so low fat as long as we're choosing a healthy fat and um, this encourages more fish um, seafood in fact eating it twice a week now that's not your um, not your long john silvers or your 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 fast food type fish that i'm talking about but just baked broiled fish and then moderate dairy eggs occasional post poultry and then infrequent red meat and sweets. So that's a little bit different than we typically do here with the fast foods and, and convenience foods. Um, you mentioned healthy fats. Can you give us some examples of those? Because I think, um, you know, we're still kind of seeing that, you know, certain fats are bad or low fat is, you know, better. Um, so can you give some examples of what some healthy fats might be um, to incorporate into our diets? Sure. One of the typical ones that we go with the Mediterranean diet is olive oil. I think a lot of people are, are know, what attribute that to that diet. So olive oil is a monounsaturated fat. And you, you have basically two types of fat. You have, you have saturated fat and you have unsaturated fat. Your saturated fats tend to be hard at room temperature. Those are things like lard, bacon grease, stick margarine, stick butter, the fat that you see on meats. Those tend to um, not do good things into our body. So I think of those as sort of hardening up in our arteries. So those are things that you want to cut back on. Um, then you have your unsaturated fats, and you have two types of unsaturated fats. You have your polyunsaturated fats, which is like your corn oil, um, and then you have your monounsaturated fats. And monounsaturated fats do good things for our body. 
they tend to um, help lower our bad cholesterol level. And um, they also, fat tends to, in our body, keep us satisfied. So when you follow a low-fat diet, you tend to get hungry a lot. So that's another benefit of this diet is by using the good fats, uh, you don't get as hungry as, as often. And the other thing is if you're using a good oil, so like the olive oil, canola oil is another good one, um, peanut oil is another good one. If you're using those in place of the saturated fats, that's, that's the goal. You don't want to add those on top of those saturated fats, but it, using those in place of the saturated fats will um, help, your, help your heart health. So the next diet that you had mentioned was the DASH diet, and that's one that I don't think I'm nearest familiar with. Okay. Well, the DASH diet, um, DASH, D-A-S-H, stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension. So it used to be that we recognized that cutting back on the sodium in the diet would help a certain amount of number of people to lower their blood pressure. Um, so those people were salt sensitive, and by cutting back on that salt, that would help lower the blood pressure. Um, so then they wanted to look at, well, could adding certain nutrients to the body be helpful? And they found out that that is helpful. Um, foods that are high in potassium, magnesium, calcium, protein, and fiber, those types of foods tend to help. So those foods also tend to be lower in sodium for the most part, as long, as long as they're not processed um, a whole lot. So that's what the DASH diet um, tries to encourage. So it does discourage added salt, but it encourages you again to flavor your foods with herbs, spices, garlic, lemon juice, um, instead of that salt or monosodium glutamate. Overall, it encourages more fruits and vegetables, less meat, and fewer sweets, just like the Mediterranean diet. The difference on this one is that it does tend to um, seem to focus more on low fat. Um, I wouldn't say no fat, but choosing low fat versions of foods can help with this one. But again, they're, they're focusing more on your more fruits and vegetables, more meatless meals, um, but they are pretty close. The other things that you can do as far as lowering your, your risk for hypertension is to uh, make choices consistent with, with help maintaining a healthy weight and then striving to be moderately active 150 minutes a week. And then also if you drink alcoholic beverages, doing so in moderation. So this is part of not just the diet, um, to lower your, your blood pressure, but just an overall uh, lifestyle. Well, I think all three of these would be a definitely great starting place to just incorporate um, and not be, you know, a huge change um, for a lot of people. I'm definitely some change, but definitely, um, especially the plate method, you know, having just that guideline and that visual in our minds of, of that plate and how to divide it up. Um, I think will be really helpful for people. And so with all three of these um, healthy eating plans that we've discussed, which um, 
Are there any specifics that somebody should be looking for as far as when they're picking one of these to start with? I think it's just whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, you can sort of look at the foods. The DASH diet seems to, you know, just general fruits, vegetables, choose lean meats, um, whole grains. It, it sort of leaves you a lot of leeway. So, you know, that you might might be able to find more of the foods here um, in Scioto County. The Mediterranean diet might have to look a little bit harder because, again, it's, it's emphasizing having fish and seafood two times a week. Again, we don't, we don't tend to have a whole lot of good seafood here, um, so it may take a little bit more effort to, to plan meatless meals and to have those seafood or fish meals. Um, are there any precautions that anybody needs to take into consideration when um, trying to determine which one of these plans that they would like to follow? Sure. When you're, these are general eating plans, and they're just, again, they're they're for the general population to reduce the long-term risk of of obesity, diabetes, um, just just general health. They actually, um, too, can decrease your risk of stroke, um, rheumatoid arthritis. They can be, the Mediterranean diet can be helpful with that. Um, also helping with immunity, both of them will help with that. But if you do have specific conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, uh, celiac disease, kidney disease, um, ulcerative colitis, um, they might not be appropriate for you. And in that case, I'd suggest you check with your doctor or meet with a dietitian to help modify them. There's probably still things that you can, can gain by following these or, or um, using these as a guide. But if you've been told to, to modify a certain nutrient, for instance, fiber or potassium, you might want to might want to um, not follow these just on your own. I would, again, I would check with the dietitian or your doctor. Um, I think this was very helpful. Um, a lot of great tips that you gave us, Karen. So thanks for coming on and sharing about those. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us as far as about healthy eating? Well, I, I checked with the cashier um, before I came on here and just to see what people were eating in the cafeteria, just to see how we were, we were doing. I know we have a lot of really good looking desserts there and I know those have been flying off the shelf. So I was sort of was a little hesitant to, to um, find out how we were doing, but actually she said, the, the cashier said, most people or many people are buying the fruits and the vegetables, which again are, right in line with these diets so keep up that good work and again neither of these say no sweets but cutting back on the sweets so you know while we still like to have you buy buy some of those desserts to help our our bottom line um, maybe not eating them all at once um, sharing that and having them every so often is a is a good idea we do have a great team in our cafeteria. I love their um, little fruit 
bowls and little um the veggies that they put yeah, together they're, they're just quick and easy to go in and they make them look so good so it's almost yes. like you're you know picking out a dessert um, yes yes although good, we good do attitude have, yes yes <laughs> although we do have very talented bakers in the cafeteria too and right. so the the things that are actually desserts also look very good too but i think definitely just keeping them in moderation like you said is the most important part right well, um, that wraps up our episode for today. And again, if you ever have any questions um, as far as healthy eating or just wanting to talk to a dietitian, you can reach out to Karen. Her email will be in the show notes. And so thank you again, Karen, for kind of walking us through this month for National Nutrition Month and giving us some tips along the way that we can apply. Thank you for having me.